0: Hello, and welcome to the Cove City Church Podcast. I hope you're encouraged, inspired, and more aware of God's immense love for you. Enjoy the message luke eight twenty two through twenty five that's where we're gonna be today. You guys good? These lights are brighter than usual. I can't hardly see you all. There's no one on the front row. Yeah, Zach. I miss you. miss you on the front row. Wasn't worship night great? It was awesome. We have some pretty talented people. My ears still might be ringing, but it's okay. It was awesome. Can we give it up for all the people that, like, put their time and effort and energy into doing that thing? Yeah. Like, it's insane. Talk about being bigger than Sunday. The the, the people that invested into that thing, it it was such a huge, huge uh, payoff. It was incredible. So thank you to everyone that, that poured their, their energy into that. Luke eight twenty two and twenty five through 25. One day he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked. The wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, Hey, where's your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him. Have you ever driven through a storm? Ever? How many of you have driven through a storm? Storms are especially crazy for me because of my eyes situation. How many of you know about my eye situation? I went to the eye doctor a couple years ago, and the eye doctor looked into my eyes, and he's like, man, you probably struggle with, like, nighttime and rain. I'm like, how did you know that? It's kind of scary, actually, a little bit, when it rains pretty heavy, because uh, I have the thing called, like, you have cataracts from birth. Like, it's birth cataracts, and it's kind of this thing that when when there's a huge glare, when it rains, and, like, the lights from the other cars come running toward, like, running towards you. They're, like, driving towards you. It's hard for you to see, so I literally have to concentrate on, like, the right side of the, of the line. Y'all don't want to know. This is, like, too much information for you. But uh, when I go through storms when it rains, I have to be extra vigil, and it, it's not a good feeling. Also, if you get caught on Lake Erie, how many of you have ever been on Lake Erie caught in a storm? It's scary. Have you? Kate, you have? How scary is it? Terrifying, yeah, <laughs> and here you are, you're still alive, yeah, but it's scary, and, and storms in Lake Erie just happen like that, it's like one minute, it's calm, and you're fishing for perch, and the next minute, it's like six foot waves, it's like, where did that come from? I experienced that when I was a little kid, uh, we would go to Lake Erie, and one year, we hired a charter, and this charter took us way out, and we, we weren't catching anything, and we were just kind of depressed. And all of a sudden, the, the charter guy was like, you know, I see some storm clouds. I think it might get stormy. And like, oh, it's going to be OK. So we kept on fishing. And out of like feeling out of nowhere, this storm just crept up on us. And it ended up being like a storm with the waves so high. You can imagine, like, we're not in a ship. We're in like a, a, a boat. It's a decent sized boat. But we're not in like a, a ship that can survive six, seven foot waves for a long time. And so, as we're going, all of a sudden, you are headed back, and you're like, We need to head back now. And so, we pull in our lines and we're going back. And as we're going back, you see all of a sudden, Dad's like, Whoa. And I'm like holding on to both ends of the seat because I'm young. I'm not feeling any danger. I'm like, This is fun. <laughs> and Dad's like, You're crazy. And the boat just goes up over the waves and comes down and just. Cry. Have you ever been on a boat and heard the crash? It's terrifying. But for me, I was a kid. I didn't, really, I didn't really care. But I looked around, remember, looking that there was a, a few other people from work that we took with us. And the, there was sheer terror on people's faces. Immediate danger. And the waves would creep up, and you would see them, and there's nothing in front of you but a wave. And then you'd come down, and you'd crash, and the, then the water would go into your boat. It's legit danger. The disciples were in legit danger. I think for, sometimes we forget these cute little Bible stories that we read. We're like, the disciples were actually in legit danger in this moment. The boat was taking on water. And in this sea in particular, it can, it's kind of like Lake Erie, the storms came up in a matter of minutes. And it can be calm one second, and then it can be wild the next. And the disciples would have experienced countless storms like this one. And so they would have been kind of prepared for a storm or feeling like this, but this was a storm that they felt they were in legit danger, and it was real. This was a big deal. I just, sometimes my mind, as I read these stories, I'm like, I wonder what they would have done if Jesus wouldn't have been in the boat. Do you think they would have just, like, jumped out? I don't know. It's something to think about. But the challenge for us, what we do in our lives, is this. We forget that in life, there's legit things that are coming our way that are dangerous. And for many of us, last week we talked about we fall into two camps of anxiety. Like one, of a, one, one camp when we deal with anxiety is like we, we downplay it. And then the other camp is like we just think that's who we are. We're always going to be. In the same way, in this way, some of us, we downplay our storms. Like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not. It's, it's cool. No worries. And we minimize the storms. And here's the challenge for us. Don't minimize the storm that you're in. minimizing the storm makes Jesus look smaller and less visible in your life. Think about it. Minimizing the storms in your life makes Jesus appear smaller and less visible in your life. Whatever storms you are facing, I just want to acknowledge that they are real. And let me, I don't know if this is reassurance, but this is just a way of life on this side of eternity because it's a broken world and a broken humanity. When one storm comes and goes, another one will eventually follow. That's the reality of this side of life. But for many of us, we try to minimize and don't realize the effects that storms have on our lives. And minimizing doesn't make the issues in our lives go away. It doesn't make the storms in our lives go away. So don't downplay the storms in your life, but don't stay in them either. If we're going to fight for order in our lives, if we're going to fight for peace, then we're going to have to f- and if we're going to fight for new headlines that are being written in our lives, then we have to face the barrage of issues and storms head on the right way. And for many of us, we sit in the storm with little movement towards Jesus, and then we wonder why our spiritual lives are in complete disorder and our lives are void of something that we all want which is peace and love and hope and joy but that's missing because we keep setting our sights like colossians talked about we kept setting our sights on the wrong things we keep just sitting in the storms, thinking that this will never change or we don't even run to the one who can do something about the storm who can bring peace in the midst of the storm which is jesus we keep sitting in it Don't minimize it, but make movement towards Jesus to help you see through it. Peace is something that eludes us as Jesus' followers, as people, so oftentimes. But here's the reality. Peace is not a feeling. Peace is found through a person. Peace was present even when the battle for survival was raging. And sometimes we think we can experience peace during the storm. And we forget that Jesus is right there with us. There's what I love about this story. Jesus didn't take command of the boat. Think about it. He, he's, they were like, Jesus, we're going to die. Help us. Can you take an oar, Jesus? <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? What are you doing? You're sleeping. Do something. Pretty sake, man. He, he didn't take an oar. We say things like, Jesus, take the wheel, right? He took control of what he created. Think about it. And what I love about this story is Jesus will bring order to the things that are outside of you and I's control, but you continue the, to, he, he's asking us to continue to control the things that you and I can control. The wind, the waves, we, we can't control that. The disciples couldn't control that. Only Jesus could control that. Some of you are in the middle of a battle and you're looking to Jesus and Jesus is going, I'll take care of the things that I can take care of, but you own your part too. For example, you can't control what other people say about you, but you can, you can control what you say about other people. You can't control the events around you, but you can't control the attitude that you carry with it. This is something that is really Frustrating for me as a Jesus follower and as a Christian is when I see just people talking about other people and hurting other people through gossip. And I think gossip is a cancer that is in Christian circles. That's a side note. You can't control what happened in your past, but you can control how you find healing in the present. You can't control God. Sometimes we, we think we can manipulate God into doing things uh, for us, but you can choose to trust him. You can't control your spouse, but you can control the kind of spouse that you are. You can't control a lot of things, but you can also control a lot of things. Think about it. Your mood. You can control that. Your decision to walk to the bathroom, brush your teeth, throw some crows on, and show up on Sundays, you can't control that. Or wherever. Show up for a job. You can't control that. Your decisions, your time, your passion, your response. Oftentimes, here's what we do as, as humanity and as Jesus followers. We only focus on the things that are outside of our control and we refuse to change the things that are in our own control. When the waves start crashing in on us, all of us think, we just think everything is out of our control. And it's in those times of our lives when anxiety crashes in, it's in those times when fear freezes us. And this is where we're a reminder of how a daily walk with Jesus is so critical in our lives. And so oftentimes when we're on this high in our lives, we do all these things and then we burn out. And then a month later, we're like, where, Jesus, where are you at? So Jesus has been there all the time. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of, what's that word underlined? I think it's underlined. Self-control. God gives us self-control. You have control of how you respond to the things that are chaotic and the storms in your life. Who you choose to trust will be revealed in the most trying times. Who you choose to trust, what you trust in, will be revealed in the most trying times. I love this idea of Jesus being asleep in the middle of the storm. They had to wake Jesus up, like, Jesus, what are you doing? I can just imagine it's kind of like I, I reminisce a bit and I think about stories that kind of like, oh, this is I'm, I kind of felt like this is probably how the disciples felt. When my dad, I was talking to my dad uh, a couple years ago and we were talking on the phone. He was at home. One of the things that he's really good at is like the recliner at our old like where I grew up is really comfortable. Like it's almost too comfortable. And my dad, his eyelids are really heavy. Because they, they, he's just like, you look at him, you keep talking to him, and it's like, all of a sudden, you're like, hey, dad, you're sleeping? Like, (laughs) what's the deal? That happened to me uh, when we were talking on the phone, and I could tell he was sitting down, and, you know, we talk about all sorts of things, and how are you doing, where are you driving to this next week, because he drives truck, or how's mom, or, and he's like, how are the kids, kids are good, blah, 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 and I remember, like, this one time, we were talking. I was sharing this long story, and it was like an event. And I, When I start, like, sharing stories, I, I have to insert all the details. I'm sure you know for many of you that have been here. I love, love details. And so I was talking, and all of a sudden, I just heard, like, I was waiting for a response. Have you ever been there? You, like, maybe the phone looked down. Like, nope, still there. And all of a sudden, I heard snoring on the other side. I'm like, Dad, you, you fell asleep on me. I can imagine the disciples having this feeling. uh, Because the previous, if you read the previous verses, he did all sorts of things for all the other people. He was healing. He was uh, doing miracles in the crowd. And then he told told parables. And he was engaged with the crowd. And then when he gets in the boat, I can imagine the disciples feeling like, kind of like, you help these people and... I thought you were a close friend of ours, and now you're just asleep in the boat, not helping us. I think, I wonder, like, what the disciples, like, maybe the disciples thought, oh, you care more about being with the crowd than you do with us. To give context of what I, what's, what's about to come with this whole idea of where is your faith, I, I think about the, the verses prior when Jesus was, like, talking to them. He's like, you already know I'm paraphrasing but they're like they were like how can we know and Jesus like I have already given you you already know the keys or the secret I think it says the, it says this the secret to the kingdom of God but these people that I'm talking to don't know and so he's talking in parables and he's like you have a special relationship with me because you walk with me every day and so you already know because you walk with me and in the middle of it, so oftentimes when we're walking with Jesus and we're close to Jesus and then we, we feel like Jesus is doing all these other things for all the other people except for us, sometimes we feel like Jesus has abandoned us in the middle of our storms. And so do you feel the disciples' desperation? Don't you care? We're dying. We've exhausted all these things because they were legit, like people who would know how to row a boat and how to take care of storms and how to work the storm and how to take the waves just right. And I can imagine them thinking of all the healings and miracles that Jesus had seen, that that they had seen Jesus do, and think to to themselves, what about us? But here's the reality about the storms, what what the storms reveal in our lives. The storms in our lives reveal the source of our faith. The storms in our life reveal the source of your faith. And I have been there. I, I, I have been there in that thinking of God, you help them, but you won't help me. Comparing other people's story to your, to your own is not a pathway to this abundant life that we talked about. It's actually a pathway to bitterness and exhaustion and anxiety. Comparing our lives and our situation and other people's stories and storms to us really creates this anxiety inside of us. What if Jesus, and I want you to think about this, what if Jesus was sleeping not because he didn't care but because he thought they'd have it under, the, under control and they would trust him because, he, because they saw what he could do. What if Jesus was sleeping not because he didn't care, but because he knew them and what they could do? And when he woke up and he calmed the seas, he said this one question, what did he ask them? What did he say? What question was it? Help me out. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? One of the most misplaced items in our house is Bishop's Passy. I mean, it's like magic. It just disappears. Snap your fingers and it's gone. And sometimes I find it out of places. I was wrestling with my boys the other day and I look under the chair and I'm like, oh, there's the Passy. Right? Where is your faith? So hard to find. I think sometimes our faith is like that. Where is it? Where we place our faith is always exposed when it's tested. And I think sometimes one of the misunderstood questions in the Bible, Jesus wasn't accusing them of not having faith. He was asking them, yo, where'd you put your faith? Where'd you put it? Because it's obviously not in them at the moment. Here's what I'm talking about. Let's go back. Can you put those verses back up? The beginning. One day he got into the boat with his disciples and he said to them, what, what did he say to them? Help me out. Let us go across to what? The other side of the lake. The other side. What was the plan? The other side was the plan. Jesus said that they were were going to go to the other side of the lake. When Jesus said it, in that moment, what did it do? It settled it. They were going to go to the other side of the lake. Somewhere in the middle of crossing over, the disciples forgot what Jesus had said. Somewhere in the middle, from point A to point B, we forget that God declared something over our lives. And then in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the storm, we begin to doubt. And the chaos exposes our doubt. But if God said it, it settles it. Like if he says, you are a child of God... You are a son and a daughter of God, and in the middle of the storms, you begin to question it. We have to go back and say, God settled it. He said it. It, It's settled. It's done. And the question, where is your faith, was not about allotment, but attachment. Their faith was attached to what they could see, and what they saw in front of them freaked them out. And I think sometimes... Jesus would ask the same question to us today. And if there's one thing that has come to light in this season over the past couple years is Jesus' followers misplacing their faith because of the storms in front of us and it's not in Jesus. We placed our faith in other things. People, politics, government, our own emotion. We placed our faith in the safety of our own houses. When we put our faith in the wrong things, we end up having disordered lives and in search of peace it eludes us because we've disordered our lives around the wrong things and so we have to remind ourselves of what God said remind ourselves of what God's spoken word what he said to us through his word let's give you one John 14 15 through 17 if you love me you will keep my commandments and I'll ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be with you. If God said it, we believe it. Here's the challenge for us today. Control what you can. Trust God in the things you can't. Bring to order what you can. Ask Jesus to bring to order what you can't. And some of you, you have to write new headlines in your life. You have been focusing on the, the wrong things, and you're putting your place, faith in the, in, in the completely wrong things in your life. And you're trusting, and you're trying to control things that are completely out of sight of your control, and then you're not controlling things of the things that you can't control. Bring to order what you can. Ask Jesus to bring to order what you can't. In closing, this is the headline that I want to leave with you. I love this. Revelation 21, 1 through 5. I hardly ever do Revelation verses. I love these. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Some of you need to memorize some of these verses because the headlines that will happen on the other, on the other side of eternity are the things that we can actually start putting inside of our hearts that when the storms of life come, we can remember what happens on the other side of eternity and those things will sustain us through. And I love this correlation between seas and lakes and storms. I love this because did you catch what Revelation, the first verse, what it said? Uh, I'll just read it for you. I'll help you. Then I said, it, then I saw a new heaven and near earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was what? No more. There's some speculation on this. What does this mean? And I'm not here to, like, debate if we're going to have water or not water, literal, what that means. I'll leave that. Aaron can help you out there. But here's what I do know. Here's what I do know about this verse in the imagery. Is what what, uh, Bible verse and what Bible story did we just cover? It's about a lake and storms, about a body of water that was completely unpredictable. And oftentimes in in Bible, uh, when the stories in the Bible talk about seas, it talks about storms and how Jesus had to bring order to the storms. And so the indication of, of bodies of water was like they're unpredictable. You never know what will happen. They can be dangerous. They can be chaotic. And they can toss boats about. And the imagery that we have to remember is what will be in the new heaven and the new earth? A restoration of complete order. Complete predictability. Complete order. The promise of what's to come, the imagery that we are talking about here, is absolute peace. No more storms that are birthed out of the sea. No more storms of life. No more sadness. No more sickness. No more death. No more sin. All gone. The good news is Jesus is making all things new. And on the other side of eternity, we will, we will completely 100% experience absolute peace because there will be absolute order. And for right now, we are sitting in a season of our lives, the same season that all humanity faced because Jesus has not returned to create a new heaven and a new earth. But we are sitting on this side of broken humanity, and there are storms in our life that we're facing. And so the promise that I want to leave with you is that there will be a day that new will be forever our normal and not our constant struggle, but in the in the immediate we feel that struggle of we are making we're in the process of being made new and that constant struggle of placing our faith in Jesus and not in other things in the storms that are in front of us and there will forever be a day there's coming a day where new will forever be our normal and not our constant struggle write that down remind yourself of this if you're going through a storm remind yourself that God will see you through the other side Either on this side of eternity, through a miracle, or on the other side of eternity when we be, get to be with him forever. There will be a day when the newness that we experience and we're moving towards will forever be our normal and not our constant struggle. We're in cold weather season right now, and part of what happened in the, the fall of 2019, the literal fall when I fell and broke my hands, is uh, not fall. We didn't have fall this year, but... And the doctor, Dr. Corey, was talking to me, and he, he looks at my arms, and he's like, Look at my brakes, he's in the, you know how doctors do a little, hmm, <laughs> you know, you're like, what's that, what'd you say? what's that, I remember Theo, he, he says what's that in like one word, what's that, anyway, and Corey's like looking, he's like, hmm, hm, this is, you know, he's talking, he's like mumbling to himself. I'm like, what are you talking, like, what are you thinking? He's like, well, I just want you to prepare yourself. We're going to have surgery. This is what we're going to do, and we're going to fix your arms, and it's going to be, it's going to be great. And you're, you're going to get your arms back. We're not sure, like, how how much of your movement you're going to get back and all that stuff. But one thing I do know is you will have arthritis from, like, you, it's going to, you're going to feel, when cold weather hits, you're going to feel uh, coldness and you're going to feel that pain from the arth- arthritis from the brakes. And so when the cold weather hits, this is what happens. This thumb is just burning, like it just burns. Like I can, I just like to, I don't suck on it, but I blow it, like I just do like a little, because it's, it's cold, always cold and, and burning. And the doctor told me that it would happen and normal to me in the broken humanity in the moment with the physical it's frustrating because i'm a guy i want to do things and like i don't have still don't have the strength because of this and i'm like i want god i want jesus to fully heal me on this side of life but normal for me in the constant struggle is is saying this won't be forever my new normal became arthritis My normal for seeing is I need glasses and to take extra care on the highway. God can heal on this side of life anytime he wants. But here's what I do know and the promise that I want to leave with you is someday on the other side, whether God heals me now or later, there will be a new normal coming for me and where it won't be a struggle to put my faith in Jesus, but it will be a new normal that will just be, everything will be in order, completely 100% healed, and I will forever feel what a new 100% Josh Miller body feels like in heaven. But on this side, while I wait, I choose to place my trust in God and control the things that I can't, which is my attitude, my hope, my, my trust, my faith. Those are the things I can, I can control and leave the rest up to God. What is it that in your life? What do you need to leave the rest up to God? Control the things that you, you can. Trust Jesus with what you can't. That's the struggle that we, that's the tension we live in on this side of eternity. And the promises on the next side that won't be a struggle. It will be our new normal, and that will be glorious. Let's pray. God, thank you for this message. God, so many of us, we, we struggle with uh, the things that we say to ourselves because of the storms in our lives, and the storms actually become the attachment that we place our faith in or that we misplace our faith. We attach ourselves to the things that we shouldn't attach ourselves to, and we don't control the things that we can't control because we look at the things that are outside of our control. And God, no matter what, face, what, what storm we're facing, all of us are, it's not a matter of if we're facing a storm, it's a matter of what storm are we facing or when is the next storm going to appear because they will on this side of eternity. God, help us to place our faith in you to trust you in the things that we can't control and to take steps and measures to the things that we can control. God, remind us of these verses in Revelation where it, it's a reminder of, I believe when, when you tell the writer to, to write these words down and in those words the seas will be no more, it's a reminder that someday the struggle of, of seeing storms or, the, or the, the storms happening in your life will cease to exist because you will bring everything back into complete order and in that we will experience forevermore 100% peace and love and joy and all the attributes that you put into the world to begin with and we will experience that forevermore. God, thank you for that promise. I pray that for myself that I would cling to that promise that when I'm questioning God, you know, why don't you heal me now or why don't you do this or why don't you do that? That I would redirect and reset my focus on, the, on, on you and re- remind myself that I don't see the complete picture of why. But I do know that I can set my sights on you and focus on you. And in you, when I do that, everything changes. When I place my faith in you, everything changes inside of my soul. My external stuff that's going on might not, but when I direct my focus on you, I can experience that peace and love and joy and hope that all of us are so desperately longing for. God, help us forever to remind ourselves that someday, New will be our normal and not our constant struggle. And we find that in you, Jesus. I look forward to that day. So look forward to that day. God, in this room, there's so many people that from all walks of life, and I pray that whatever they're going through, that the question That you're asking us this morning is, where is our faith? And the question that each and every one of us has to ask ourselves is, where is our faith? Is it in other things or is it in Jesus? And if it's not in Jesus, help us to reprioritize our minds and our lives to get us back to the spot in a place where we trust in him. God, thank you for your son, Jesus, for showing us the way, for dying on the cross and for rising again. We trust in him, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We'd love it if you would join us in person next week at one of our two Sunday services. Visit covecitychurch.org for more information on service times, how to get plugged in, and how to give. We hope you have a blessed week.